real news. Welcome everyone to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is October 2nd, 2019. Pretty interesting, isn't it? Um, it seems that, uh, there are, they're going to be breaking. I actually have been working on something for a while now and, um, What's incredible is that I believe that my source has given me access to what I can tell you seems to be a back door for the Democrats to be compiling and having, having access to data pertaining to President Trump, his family, his organizations, and everyone else that's within his orbit. It is pretty incredible that this is happening. Um, this report will be coming out later today. Uh, I've, uh, this morning I was, uh, vetting the information that was provided to me. I am telling you guys, this is insane. Corruption is running amok, and it seems as if, you know, nobody wants to do anything about it. Uh, nobody wants to take a look at how we can stop this. And it all has to do with clowns, these clowns that purport themselves to be for America, these people that have been elected by who? Who elected these people that are not there to serve us? They're simply there to serve themselves. And I've said it many, many times before. This isn't about hating Trump. Okay. Oh, they just hate Donald Trump. It's not about hating Donald Trump. It's about power. We, the people, have power over this nation. That's what makes the United States of America so different. Well, we really don't because they have it obviously now and they want to keep it. The one thing our president said is when he was elected is that he is giving power back to the people. That is the biggest fear of these corrupt, nefarious, right? Disgusting, self-serving people that sit with all powers that we've vested in them, cushy, to manipulate us what we want and what we want to be done. I heard a little bit of um, Pelosi speaking today where she was urging the president to work with her on drug care, on pharmaceuticals, basically, and discussing the catastrophic, um, you know, spot that uh, people that are on Medicare or uh, over 65 populations find themselves in uh, to make things a little bit easier for them uh, for drug costs. And she referred to the catastrophic um, gap. And I'll just quickly explain that. So first of all, once you get on Medicare, for those of you that are not 65 yet, keep in mind that you are obliged by law to purchase pharmaceutical insurance, Part D, Medicare. You actually have to pay for that. But, you know, under Obamacare, insurance companies did something sneaky. They were like, hey, you don't have to pay for pharmaceutical care if you drop original Medicare and come with us. And no copay, no nothing, but the drug prices... You know, oh, it's going to be fine. Their periods are different. So, for example, say you have blood pressure and your uh, period of insurance starts on January 1st. 
and your blood pressure medication is a thousand dollars a month. I'm just saying, cause that's the price the pharmaceutical company says it is. Well, your insurance company is paying that thousand dollars and you're paying like a copay of seven dollars after you've completed your, um, what is it? Your three hundred dollar, four hundred dollar, one thousand dollar, whatever it is, uh, deductible. And usually people over 65 that are on medications usually fulfill that deductible like in month one. Uh, it's usually low. It's never, it's never over a thousand dollars. Kind of depends what plan you have. If you have original Medicare, uh, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't cover it. It's your part D. So depending on what part D plan you have and how much you're paying, uh, it, you know, that, that changes. So here's what happens. The insurance says you're only going to be paying $7 copay, but only for like the first, uh, you know, $5,000 of medications. So that means in May, you're going to be found at a place where you've exhausted, uh, you know, for them to cover your medications. And suddenly in May, you go to the pharmacy and you're like, here's my seven bucks for my meds. And the pharmacist says, I want $999. And you're like, what? Uh, no, I have insurance. And that's where the insurance tells you, oh, you're in the donut hole. And you're just like, what's that? Oh, we only cover the first 5,000 with copay. So then you're responsible to pay in this donut hole $3,000 out of your own pocket. And then when you do that, then you're in the catastrophic, you know, category. And it's usually at that time that most of our population over the age of 65 is done with. They don't have access to medications. They sign up with uh, pharmaceutical companies to get coupons. They get loans. They get credit cards. And it repeats every year. This is what happens. So then once they get out of that debt, it's a catastrophic period. Here's the way the insurance company does. It pays the $1,000, uh, you know, after that for your medication and you have no copay. But in January, you start at square one. And here's the thing. Between October and December, while they call all these people over 65, you know, hey, tell me about your health care. Let me send a nurse to take a look at you and it's free. We're just collecting information. Make sure you're getting the best health. They collect more information on our elderly population. They also see how many people use that medication. And suddenly, where your medication was $7 copay, $2 copay because it was a tier one drug, suddenly it's a tier four. So when January starts again, they're like, yo, you can't take that. That because your copay is 33% of the cost of the medication. You're like, but last year it says, yeah, we change our formulary, you know, annually. And you should know that when you repick the insurance you're going to have to cover your drug medication every um, open enrollment period, which is October through December. Like for me personally, right now, October, November, December are the busiest times of the year for me auditing uh, Medicare sales calls. Uh, for those that don't speak English. And um, it's pretty crazy because they don't even tell them these things. They're like, yeah, yeah, you know, it covers your medications. Of course. It's like the same thing. I mean, if there are any changes, they'll mail it to you. Okay, the guy speaks Korean, uh, you know, doesn't read English. His English is broken, even though he's lived here. You know, it's not up to par, not even in English for us to read the fine print. You know, I consider myself educated and you give me fine print. It makes my head dizzy. This is what Pelosi was talking about. Why? Because Medicaid is costing us a fortune. 
Because they've allowed pharmaceutical companies to go to that point, Part D is now something that Medicaid recipients, really old people that don't have money, fall into Medicaid status when they get in this donut hole. And we are bleeding money because we've allowed these pharmaceutical companies to raise the prices so high. So now Pelosi is pulling out this fiat sword of virtue. Oh, you should work with us, even though we're impeaching. We impeach him for what? And here's the thing. To impeach him, he has to have a high crime. There's no high crimes. They're going to die on this sword. But they're doing everything they can to stymie, to cause disruption, because they know they are done. And on cue, we saw Eric Holder come, yep, they're going to fix the election. I knew they were going to do that. I mean, that's the next thing. Oh, they're going to fix the elections. Oh, he's this. Oh, he's that. Because guess what? We're going to have the FISA D class this month. It's coming. And it wasn't supposed to come now, but they forced us. So now it's coming. We got Pompeo in Italy, right? We got him going to Greece and Cyprus on the 5th. Whoa, Cyprus. So everything is coming down to it. And you have to ask yourself, why is she saying that she wants to work? Because they've produced absolutely nothing. They've done nothing. And so for them to look like, yeah, even though we're impeaching him, we'll still want to do business as usual. Why are you impeaching him? Don't answer that question, right? I can tell you, though, my source gave me information that, put it this way, let's pretend you had access to all my information, like my banking records, my, um, anything you want. And then you take parts of it, not all of it, just parts of it. And then you collate it into this one story that looks sketchy. And then you put that out into the public or allege that something, this is exactly what they're going to do to Trump. And I found out how they got information that they're going to pick apart. And I am surprised no one else did. I actually believe, okay, if I know it, other people know it because we all have to assume, especially investigative journalists, that we're being monitored 24-7. Um, I don't think they're monitoring any burner phones <laughs> or the way I contact my sources uh, via electronic means, but because um, I'm pretty savvy on that. Uh, but I make it. So that my data is available because I want the government to see what I have. I want them to have access to it because I want them to pursue it. Obviously, if it falls, like all of us, I'm pretty sure the same thing goes for, you know, people that work on Project Veritas. The concern that we have always, knowing that we're being monitored, is if it falls into corrupt hands. And that sounds so sad in this day and age that we cannot trust our government, that we cannot trust our FBI. We cannot trust our intelligence community. This is a really big problem. It is a very big problem that we can't have that trust, that when someone is appointed to protect and serve us, we're concerned that their intentions are different. And that's evident, though, because now we're seeing that they're starting to use the IRS against conservatives. They're also um, using other means to attack conservatives all the time. Uh, it's pretty incredible. Now, before we get into what I want to talk about, since I can't talk about this, I want to play a clip and I want to rem- it's it's more of a reminder. So that way you understand and have a clue of where these leaks are coming from. Take a listen. And what would you say to people who say, oh, I'm not going to bother to register to vote because my voice doesn't make a difference, or I'm just one person? I say one I say one name, Donald Trump. That should motivate you. 
sit up your ass and vote. Will you, will you sue him for us? Oh, we're going to definitely sue him. We're going to be a real pain in the ass. He's going to know my name personally. I love it. He probably does already. <laughs> Do you know who that was? That was the Attorney General of New York. The Attorney General of New York, the campaign saying, vote for me because I will investigate everybody and their mother that is related to President Trump. Vote for me. That is what she said. That is how she ran. So I'm leaving you with that tidbit until everything goes out mainstream. Now, what I wanted to do today is kind of revisit what is going on, um, you know, in the ether. Because it's very important that there's so many moving parts. Um, I don't want to touch so much on the State Department and the IG, only because um, that in itself is a little bit um, murky. What are they trying to get ahead of? Why is he running over there? What I can tell you is, is that yesterday, um, Secretary Pompeo was in Italy. Um, it just so happens that the Vatican was raided in Italy, uh, as Secretary Pompeo was there. Apparently it was about, um, properties. It's all very vague. Uh, they finally admitted to having information and footage, um, uh, audio recordings of Misfood. I was told that they actually had Misfood. Uh, so it's all about negotiating his release. So we have Pompeo in, in Italy. Now he's headed off to Greece and Cyprus. With Greece, it's more so to uh, negotiate the mutual defense agreement that we have and expanding because right now the United States presence within uh, the Mediterranean, specifically Greece, which is a very strategic, geostrategic position, is on a shared base at NATO. And the United States doesn't really want to invest money um, at this point, but what they want to do is expand their cooperation and renegotiate their 1990 agreement that was amended under Obama in 2010-2011 at some point. So they're looking to take a strategic position in, in Alexandropolis, which is right up by the border where Greece and Turkey meet, um, uh, right by the former city of Greece, Constantinople, all, known to all as, as, as Istanbul, you know, because Turkey took that. And so we want to position ourselves there. Uh, Again, today, um, I was also told that in Italy, they were negotiating terms of mutual agreement in regards to defense. So something is definitely up in the Mediterranean. Um, and Cyprus, uh, there are going to be talks. My source is going to get back to me on the attendees on October 5th for the Greek meeting. Uh, I will have that to you. This is very important. Remember, we have been beefing up uh, the country of Greece's arsonary. Uh, we gave them... Helicopters, we gave them anti-tank missiles, we gave them so much, and then you have to wonder why. Um, on that note, speaking about the Mediterranean, Pelosi kind of almost choked up and cried like crocodile tears today during her speech, reminiscing on Khashoggi, who, by the way, is not an American citizen, and who then she purported to say, well, you know, with Khashoggi and what happened to him and how our president is schmoozing with people that might have been responsible for his death. And it's like, but you're the one schmoozing Turkey. I'm confused um, because we all know that we're never going to find out what happened with Khashoggi. 
Khashoggi. But regardless, Khashoggi's not an American citizen, so it's not our business. You know, Pelosi sat there and said, China is a problem. China has human rights violations. China this, China, 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 China. Nobody cares. China's China. China's a communist. China is transparent about being communist. You know, China is very transparent with their citizens on their censorship, on everything. You know, at least they're forthcoming about it and they're straightforward with it. Here we have people like Pelosi telling us how they fight for us and freedom, yet all they're doing is legislating or pushing notions to restrict our freedoms. So it's kind of like, well, I think I'll take transparency over lies any day. Now, here's where I want to start today. I want to start with Giuliani. So I talked about Giuliani last week, and I told you guys, you know, the president, if I was the president, I'd be suing every person that had to do with that dossier on a private level, not as the presidential level. So I want you guys to listen to how now Giuliani is considering legal action against the House Democrats. But keep in mind, um, the Democrats, no matter what they say, the slander or anything, believe it or not, because I know this for a fact, because I actually tried to sue someone in Congress a couple years ago, you can't. Uh, you can't. They're actually protected uh, if they're doing it in their official duties. So whatever they say, it is in their official capacity. So it's going to be very difficult for Giuliani to sue them. Though, in regards to his um, civil rights, uh, he may have a claim, but he can't sue them for like slander, libel and all that stuff and what they say and how they purport it because it's supposedly done in an official capacity. So you're kind of stuck. Um, like I said, I'm speaking from experience on this one uh, because I've um, navigated that territory before. Uh, so let's take a listen to what Giuliani said on the Ingram angle. Is Rudy Giuliani is mounting his defense. <laughs> Sorry. He just hired Watergate era attorney John Sale and now is considering future steps. Now, Rudy, welcome back. Uh, finish your thought. But what are those what are those steps? We'll get back to that timeline. Well, but what yeah, are the steps? Let's talk about this because this is kind of like the future. And I had, a, I had a couple of talks with civil rights lawyers and constitutional lawyer today. And here's what they're recommending that we should bring a lawsuit on behalf of the president and several of the people in the administration, maybe even myself as a lawyer, against uh, the members of Congress individually for uh, violating constitutional rights, violating civil rights. They're doing extraordinary things. For example, they're violating, they are interfering with the president and exercising his rights under Article 2. The president of the United States has to conduct a foreign policy in the United States. They're calling foreign leaders. They're going to foreign uh, capitals. Uh, Senator Murphy went and threatened the president of Ukraine with no Democratic support if you cooperate so with you the investigation. So you want to go to court against the House? They, they wouldn't get congressional immunity, immunity unless they said it on the House floor, right? So anything that they say... Yeah, I, 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 found, I found a really that's good a, ca- that's gonna, that's, that- I found a really good case uh, today about, about um, All right, you a conspiracy, a conspiracy yeah. to violate civil rights. If it isn't Except for what they say on the floor, they're, yeah. they're as, they are as liable for that as anything else. How, how about the congressman who threatened? Okay, that conspiracy that he says a curious case, that was something that I tried to, um, to put it together. I'm just telling you, this is from a very long time ago. This never made public, I guess, um, eyes. Um, and it was actually against rhinos. 
So, and we'll get to the rhinos in a little bit. But what he's saying is making them shake. They should be afraid because it's happening, guys. It's happening. And like I said, the biggest rollout will be in 2020 because right now we're getting the guys that are already out. But those that are still sitting in are going to be in a lot of trouble in 2020. We've got Ilhan Omar. We've got Rashida Tlaib. We got, you know, AOC. You know, all these people that are claiming that our president violated, you know, campaign finance laws are all either under investigation or have found guilty of violating campaign finance. It, it's now. Now it's happening. He's telling you this. Listen. The attorney general. Well, well, let's, let's, let's remind everyone, in light of what you just said. Outside of Congress, he did. What Maxine Waters to is arrest. saying. Can we play that, guys? What she said. I don't know. I, yes, I think we. Oh, it's just a tweet. Sorry. She basically said that the president should be uh, put in solitary confinement. There's a congressman, there's a congressman who said on May 8th, uh, 2019, that the attorney general should be arrested. That was outside of Congress. Schiff. Said he but had, they'll say Trump says so-and-so's guilty of treason. I mean, well, there's good. the tweet. You know, and so but then it's we'll, whose axe is gored here. Everyone's going to be doing everyone else. Are, are you worried that you shouldn't have mentioned those uh, texts la- last week on the show, on our show, because now they know you have them, so then they subpoenaed you, or do you think they would have subpoenaed you anyway? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm glad you showed us the text. We they would have subpoenaed me Do you anyway. have any more texts? I'd like to see what they, What? Yeah, I do. Good. Many more. Oh, you, okay. <laughs> there's another subpoena. I, ha- I also have video recordings, and I have interview notes which I made in pursuance of my role as his defense attorney. (laughs) This is where it's at. See, this is it. He's like, subpoena me, I dare you. Go ahead, subpoena me, because then you can't shut me up. So if this is an attorney-client privilege, there's no such thing as an attorney-client privilege. We'll also sue them for trying to violate the attorney-client privilege. We can also... Said that yesterday, didn't I? He could sit there and answer every question saying, well, that's attorney-client privilege. I'm not representing the president. I'm representing Donald J. Trump, who happens to be the president. To them for uh, doing things like uh, obstructing obstructing justice. I mean, going, writing letters to Italy and to other countries that have evidence of criminality concerning uh, a setup and a frame-up is obstructing a criminal investigation. Rudy, one of the things that it's a better I, theory than Mueller's. It's it's novel, but we've never seen Congress do anything like this and before. This and be Alan Dershowitz just said this is unprecedented. This will be a civil case in which we can take uh, discovery. Also, we'll sue Schiff for. Uh, so they all have to lawyer up. Standard hotel. You're saying you're telling the Democrats if you're doing this to the country, our economy, we our trade, our foreign policy, lawyer up. I think I think we have to we have to raise their violation of Constitution and civil rights. This is worse than McCarthy. Uh, mm-hmm. How about a totally illicit impeachment proceeding? It's is not about... Do you consider this... Do you- Guys, listen, I've said this before. President Trump himself was never disliked. They liked him. He's a great guy. Anyone who's met him can see that. They dislike what he represents. This is not impeaching President Trump is not to impeach him. You know, what are they going to say? We don't like him. Why don't you like him? Because he's destroying our clique, our mob, because they're the mafia. This is the mafia. They've been running like a well-oiled machine since July 4th, 1776. They've been sitting on their hands thinking, how are we going to do this? 
They were pissed when George Washington signed that Declaration of Independence. It's almost identical to what's going on to Brexit. We did a UK exit and took that leap of faith and said, nope, we are not going to be ruled. We are going to be the rulers. We are each going to have a say in what happens. And this is the structure we're going to have. And they don't like the fact that now we have the power. And I can show you this by way of their social media canvassing. See, a lot of us have had a lot of fun laughing at Donna Brazil and Rosie O'Donnell and others that have put out in from, you know, polls on Twitter saying, should he be impeached? Blah, blah, blah. And all of them, they, they lose and then they delete the tweet. The thing is, they wanted a canvas. They wanted to see how much of a voice they have, even though they've silenced. Kamala Harris upticked it saying, Jack, do something. Like, who's Jack? You mean Dorsey's at your beck and call to censor people? That doesn't look good for Dorsey, does it? Think about it. These polls that they're putting out and you're laughing is like, didn't work out for you. It didn't. And it's funny. But on the other hand, it's data collection. And it all comes down to that, that sweet spot. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Google, they're all pissed. They're like, oh my gosh, he's giving them control. These people were voluntarily giving us information. We were telling them everything's private, you have full control. But we were reselling it to third parties and governments. That means outside foreign governments were collecting data on you for consumer supposedly targeted things. They were selling your data without your permission and making a profit. He represents freedom. That's why they want him impeached. This is a coup. Welcome back, everyone. So we're going to continue with what Giuliani is saying on the Ingram angle. But I want you guys to keep in mind that the attack on President Trump as president is because he represents power of the people. It was never about impeaching him because they don't like him. It's what he represents. He is our voice. This is why he fills arenas. This is why people love him. This is why this is probably the first time we see flags being flown at home and stickers more than what Barack Hussein Obama did are being, you know, showcasing love for this president. America loves President Trump. And when 2020 rolls around, guys, they're going to be so embarrassed when he wins with an overwhelming response. It's pretty incredible. Take a listen to what else Giuliani says. Do you consider this tantamount, what they've done, to foreign interference in an election. They've accused Trump wrongly of that. Well, they actually did thing. it. So in they Ukraine. did. This was what the that, angle was. That's tonight. what I was foreign investigating in, in the election. What I was investigating in Ukraine, which there's plenty of evidence of, of, is the only interference in this election by a foreign government yeah. directly is Ukraine at the behest of But you had Hillary foreign Clinton. actors. You had a Brit. You had an Aussie. You had a Maltese. You had a Pekingese. Yeah, and we had, and we had uh, at least two named Ukrainians who have been found guilty in an Ukrainian court of interfering on behalf of Hillary. Yet the liberal media, Rudy, and this is part of what the president's up against, let's face it. He's up against a media that refuses, aggressively incurious right. about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. What they say is, oh, this is all right-wing conspiracy. This is... 
right-wing conspiracy. Let me tell you something about the media. I published an article yesterday that I was working on just to elaborate just how it seems that the Democrats have pulled out Mein Kampf and are using it as a playbook. They are unapologetic that they're using censorship. Censorship in itself, like I said yesterday, is the best tool to be able to implement a system of rules and regulations so that you can easily rule the people. The thing that pharaohs did, the thing that Caesars did, that kings did, queens did, still do, right? They put these rules to make it easy for them to rule you. It's kind of like, why? Because I said so. Why? Because I said so. It's the law. It's it's it, That's the way they do it. And the thing is, how in the age of information do you ensure that you get compliance with the way you want rule? And that is through the mainstream media. They are completely unapologetic. But you know what? They're kind of lucky, though. Most of these clowns like Statler, Jake Tapper, they're going to be in the unemployment line. They are. And they should be very grateful that we have a president like Trump because they're going to be able to get a job somewhere. At least hamburger flipping. At least. Because he's created so many jobs. This is the golden era of the United States of America since the Industrial Revolution that was a distraction for what they were doing into implementing their shadow government. Keep that in mind. If you have a happy population, you can get away with everything. They got away with implementing the CIA. They got away with implementing all these rules and regulations. They got away with garnishing your wages for an investment fund for when you're older, they got away with breaking up families. They got away with killing babies. They got away with a lot because they were like, look, money, work, war, 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 distraction, distraction. And while we were distracted, they were busy implementing all the foundations they needed for the final rollout now. And that was their payback for our exit of that crown union. That was our payback. How dare you? Who is that crazy man that tells these people, you don't need security of a union. You don't need the security of the crown to tell you how to trade. We could do it ourselves. Who is this crazy person? That was George Washington. And now we have another one. President Trump saying, we don't need the establishment. We don't need to be forfeiting our rights. We still have the ability to rule ourselves because if we rule ourselves, we dictate our and on our terms, our trade, our relations and everything. The all these agreements that they had was like a web, a cocoon suffocating freedom. And he has cut the string and he's pulling at it and he's and they're unraveling before your eyes. This is why we see Brexit. This is why we're seeing what we're seeing globally. He threw a wrench into it. That's basically, they are so upset. And the mainstream media is too. Because they had a job. Their job was to be the Ministry of Enlightenment and Propaganda. Just like Abel's had under Hitler. Hitler created a division. The same type of department in his administration is the one that Pete Buttpug is pushing. Kamala Harris, Cory Booker called it the white supremacy. Even, you know, stoned, fruity, pink Marianne said the same thing. These people are pushing to have an administration that monitors your media, your content, the propaganda to enlighten you and bring in diversity and inclusion. 
The same people that are digging the rifts between us. The same people that orchestrated hoaxes like Jesse Smollett because they wanted to push an anti-lynching bill. Those same people are the ones coming at you, telling you what is good for you. You don't know what's good for me. Warren, shut up. She's sitting there with her Me Too story. First of all, uh, uh, I'm going to hold my tongue on that one because it's going to be really mean. (laughs) Forget it. I'm going to leave Warren out of it. I don't want to. Please don't twist my arm. Oh, that's so hard. I want to laugh. (laughs) Look, we have a bunch of people that are telling us how we should live and how we should think. When what they stand for doesn't even align with a fraction of how we think, what we believe in and what we want as citizens. They are trying to convince you that what they want is what you want. Jedi mind tricks, but they're no Yoda. This Rudy Giuliani can, can we go back to my lawsuit? I want to give you another example of what we can do with this lawsuit. He's unbelievable. One, yeah. one, one other thing with the lawsuit. Let's suppose, just suppose, that this whole thing with the witch, which, I mean, the, uh, what will we call him, witch hunter? Well, well, no, no, no. The, 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 it's election interference. The, the no, Democrat. no, the guy, the guy who put the complaint out. We don't know his name. The anonymous the whistleblower. whistleblower. I know. I keep thinking which yeah. I'm sorry. I, I don't mean yeah. to demean him at all. He may be telling the truth. Might be a shoe. But he may be lying. Yeah. Okay. Suppose there was a conspiracy to develop that with people like Cong- some members of Congress. That wouldn't be. Like Dan demeaning. Jones. That would be a, a conspiracy to violate civil rights. Do you have evidence for that or are we just throwing that out there? I'm saying suppose there could be. I could suppose uh, a lot me, of things, let, right? Let, let me give you evidence, okay? Yeah. Somebody conspired to deprive him of the right of confrontation and the right to call witnesses. The whole purpose of not getting a vote, you, you realize that. The whole purpose of not getting a vote on impeachment is, had they gotten a vote on impeachment, the Republicans would have the right to subpoena witnesses. They want to drag this out, right? No, no, the but they're, de- they're, they're depriving him of basic rights. So you're, it's you, a so, deliberate deprivation so this is a legal of civil tactic. rights. You, you are discussing a legal tactic, which I find interesting. It is novel, but we're in uncharted territory but, right now. Okay, so let me tell you something. It's not novel. What he's saying is correct. Someone conspired to do this, and this conspiracy uh, to do it was discussed in February of 2019. I said this. They all sat there and gave assurances to Joe Biden. Guys, he dragged his feet for over a year to announce that he was running, remember? He waited till after the Ukrainian elections, remember? And it just so happened that after the Ukrainian elections, you know, the media choked any information that was still circulating about Hunter Biden, his coke habit, the Chinese connection, the Ukraine connection, his niece that got away with, like, you know, fraud. All this stuff was being choked by the mainstream media. They don't want to talk about it. Kind of like how they choked that yesterday President Trump, you know, uh, one in court and he shouldn't have even been in court. Okay. To be on the ballot as a presidential candidate, like the state of California literally wanted their whole state and they decided it to exclude the president of the United States to have his name on it. They deprived Donald J. Trump the right as any American citizen to be found on a ballot. He won that in court because there is no court on this in, in any universe that would say, yeah, 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 uh, the, see, the law applies to everyone but Trump. Uh, Trump can't be on the ballot. This is what the media does. It chokes the information. Now, I've already told you who 
wrote the complaint and he was part of it. He did the same thing with, you know, Dr. Ford. That is all going to come out. He orchestrated it all. And it came and what's so dumb is, is that we have a, a full-blown intelligence agency that is dedicated, well, people in the agency that are dedicated to be able to see and, and, and profile documents and whatnot to see if it's the author or whatever. This is blatantly Daniel Jones' fingerprints. The words, the way he started the sentences, the way he obfuscated facts, the way he amplified things that may or may not be true, may or may not be there as fact. He wrote the same, in the same mannerism when he composed 6,700 and somewhat pages of a CIA torture report. You gotta be kidding me that this wasn't coordinated. You are telling me that Pelosi had already seen it before they dropped it. Nobody colluded, right? That's not evidence. The fact that Schiff had dinner. Not evidence. The fact that they discussed, hey, um, can we put hearsay? Oh, let's just change that regulation. We'll change it and then we'll drop it. Sure. Even though they had it from before, they changed the regulations before they dropped it. Oh, let's do this after this. Oh, let's do it during the UN conference. So then that way the Ukrainian president won't talk to Trump because he won't trust him because he'll have to release the transcript. They have thrown a wrench in every single path. And the question is, who is they? I mean, all of us can say Chuck Schumer, Pelosi, Schiff, you know, blah, blah, blah. But who is they that stand behind them? That is your question. Who is they? And Giuliani kind of inches on that. Listen. Have you ever seen a, uh, I've never seen a any trampling of, of is, constitutional is, rights and civil rights? Rudy, this is sui generis. Coming after their lawyer. Let's throw that they're trying to get They're trying to get rid of his government lawyer, yeah. Barr, and his private lawyer, me. And you know why they want to get rid of us? Because we're effective. Do you but, think, how about, how about putting out a demand to silence me? I think that happens in... in well, that in, was to set you off. They just wanted to set you off it, into a frenzy. I no, think. it wasn't. That was their, no. No, no, it wasn't. You don't think they were just They're dictators. Or do you think they're really threatening? No, I have, I have some evidence that a few people have agreed to do that. Who? I can't tell you yet. I'm still doing my discovery. Tori has that too. Uh, Rudy, they Rudy. want to say that this is a, this is a conspiracy theory about Hunter Biden. There's no evidence or it's been largely, if not totally direct, debunked. Okay. That's what it, they say. John Solomon's reporting. They always say, oh, that's been debunked. It's been walked back. Except it's, it's totally untrue. No one's debunked it. Why won't the media focus Because on they it? are covering up for the Democrats because they are more corrupt. Because they are part of that amendment that Barack Hussein Obama put in there right before he left office, which legalized propaganda, which makes them part of that little group in those thousands of pages of this NDAA that he signed off on. You will see two paragraphs that clearly state the secrecy and the level of access these people have. I tell you now that there is someone sitting at CNN, at NBC, at all of these other New York Times, Waypo, you name it, that have access to a treasure trove of Trump family, President Trump, Trump organizations of past, present, and future, uh, his orbit, you, me, where they will be accessing and dumping when they feel confident they can push for impeachment through Senate. That is how they're going to – they're not calling for a vote because it will fail in the Senate right away right now. 
They're not calling for a vote. They want to drag it out so that they can buy more votes on the other side. They want to drag it out. That is what they're doing. And we're seeing many of them jump ship. Many of them. Because ask yourself, where's the Senate? What is the Senate doing? They're sitting there eating popcorn and watching and doing absolutely nothing. Why hasn't the Senate Committee on Finances you know, probed amalgamated bank. How do you give the Democratic Party a line of credit of 10 million when they can't even raise a million dollars, when they can't even raise money within their own nation? How is it that you're extending credit to Hillary Clinton? Who is paying for that? Where is the money coming from? Ah, teacher unions, firemen unions, policemen unions, all that. You're using union money. Why is the Senate not looking into that? Those are the questions you need to ask yourself whenever, you know, you're getting reports. You know, you're not going to get reports. The mainstream media is not going to tell you anything. All they're going to tell you is what they want. I was reading an article by the Daily Beast. It was driving me insane. I was thinking, gosh, these guys are either big Kool-Aid drinkers or they're part of that group, that seventh floor group of that NDAA amendment. So specific. It's their obligation. It's their job. So... Listen to what other tidbits he tells. I love it. And I wish, you know, Ingram would let him say more because the more you say, the more they get angry. And when you're corrupt and you get angry, you fall right into it. Then anyone realizes they are covering up serious crimes that were committed against the United States by the Biden family and taking millions and multi-millions of dollars and putting the United States in a very compromised position. Let me tell you- Everybody in the Ukraine knew that that money was going to buy Joe Biden. And everybody in China knows that they weren't investing in that stupid private equity fund with Whitey oh, Bulger. Listen, let's, 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 let's just be honest for a second. Board of director positions, you know how those work? Clout. You can have one of the biggest tools in there. I'm part of the board in this one. And the only thing you have is a famous parent or a famous aunt that can probably donate to the foundation. And this is why they put you there. We all know that's how it works. Hunter Biden was not a specialist in oil and gas, let alone finances. Right. He had a Coke problem. Loved to go to Macau. I'm dropping some serious stuff here. Loved going to Macau and getting on with the hookers there down. Huh? Where do you think the Chinese go to party? Macau, of course. Where do you think he's been? Macau, of course. That's all we need to look at. That's where all the dealings went. That's how he got $1.5 billion. It's not because he was Hunter Biden. It was because of his daddy. You're buying the office through your son. Hey, I gave your son a job. So you're going to be a little bit more favorable to me. And when I ask you for something, you're just going to do it because you're going to be like, you gave my son, who's a loser, a coke addict and addicted to hookers, you know, a job. This is how it works. This is exactly it. I mean, I have more experience having held a Q clearance before in energy and oil and gas and nuclear energy and selling packets and reselling them and investment funds in energy than he does. Why did he get the job when he has zero expertise in that? And not only that, he was backed by $1.5 billion from China and they were paying him to sit there and do what? He was a plant. A plant, not in the sense of listen and tell, a plant is in a decoration, like a vegetable. He just sat there and looked pretty. And he was just a placeholder to be the convoy 
that they needed to get into the, the, the Obama administration. Like I said before, this is a coup and this was orchestrated by the previous administration and he will be impeached. Barack Hussein Obama will be impeached. Good always wins, especially when good has been planning this for a very, very long time. With, with Whitey Bulger. He loves saying Whitey Bulger. With Whitey Bulger's yeah, nephew. Yeah. All right. Here's here's they what buy, the Chinese. I, I want to tell buy. you what you're up against when you go to Capitol Hill, because I can tell you exactly what they're going to say, because you're, you're and, I, and I want you to do a preview of what they're going to do. If, right. you, if you decide to testify at all, the use of Giuliani as an emissary to a foreign government is not unprecedented, but is unusual. Woodrow Wilson, Franklin David Roosevelt had private emissaries involved in global peace talks. I think what's worrying, though, is that Giuliani wasn't tasked with carrying out secret negotiations to advance the interests of the country, but he was effectively acting as an arm of Trump's reelection campaign. That's an well, expert that, with that, 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 that International that Studies. That assumes two things. First of all, if there's a private lawyer. Secondly, it assumes that it's not in the interest of the country to dig up massive corruption by one of the highest uh, office holders. But in the were you were representing, you were it's not in helping the his reelection campaign or working for him as a private I, lawyer? I, I heard about this two years before the election where Joe Biden wasn't even a candidate. He hadn't announced, and it was absolutely necessary in order for me to defend him. Yeah. They, they have decided it's not against right. the interest of the United States we to go. uncover Joe Biden's multi-year Rudy, Rudy will have you back, and I can't wait to find out what happens with that. Man, I need to get Rudy on my show, don't I? I'll reach out to him. I'll reach out to him. Um, the thing that we need to focus on is this impeachment. This said impeachment that they know won't happen. They can't get a vote. Nancy has now owned it. At first it was like, we're just looking into it. Now it's like, yeah, you know, we don't like impeachment. It's not a very good thing, you know. Um, do you? We still have that container with the three tons of meth in Australia that came out. Let's just remember that. That was, you know, Pelosi has a lot of investments into um containers. Take a listen to what Jordan Meadows and Nunez have to say about impeachment with Hannity. This again, like I said, obviously you're going to be like, well, we've probably heard this. Maybe you weren't paying attention to the little drops of information they were giving you. Rudy Giuliani, for example, is out there talking. He's out there tweeting because he's like, come on, man, bring it. You're falling right into it. Let me Pee you off to the point that you retaliate and you do something stupid because that's the thing. When you're corrupt, you get angry. And maybe this is how I found the backdoor access they have to a treasure trove of information that they shouldn't have access to. Learn more and more each day. I am coming to the conclusion that what is taking place is not an impeachment. It is a coup intended to take away the power of the people, their vote, their freedoms, their Second Amendment, religious freedom or religion, military, border wall, and their God-given rights as a citizen of the United States of America. Here's reaction. Congressman Devin Nunes, Jim Jordan, Mark Meadows. Uh, well, I don't disagree with a single word the president said there. Uh, any of you? Sean, think about this. The Nancy no, Pelosi no, put, Nancy Pelosi, excuse me, Mark. Nancy, Nancy Pelosi putting Adam Schiff in charge of this impeachment inquiry is exactly what Jim Comey did when he put Peter Strzok in charge of the Trump Russia investigation. Someone as biased as Adam Schiff, even Democrats would agree Peter Strzok should have never been running that investigation. Never should have been. Michael Horowitz said he never should have been running that investigation. He's the one who said, don't worry, Lisa, we'll stop Trump. Nancy Pelosi is doing the same thing with putting Adam Schiff in charge of this investigation. So the president is right. They've already made a determination. They don't care about the facts. They don't care about the truth. And the American people see through it. 
Exactly. Once again, it seems, uh, Devin Noon or Marco, uh, it seems like another boomerang. You know, now, now we're going back and I've been saying we need to do this. We're getting back into Hillary's rigged investigation. Then we're waiting on the FISA, uh, uh, report from the inspector general. Then after that, the counterintelligence report, the Durham report, which I assume will be, yeah, we, they probably had people in the in the Obama administration outsourcing intelligence gathering to spy on a candidate, a a transition team, and a president and other American citizens. Are you confident that Italy and oh, I'm just picking out of thin air, Great Britain and Australia, maybe that those three countries? You're smiling, Mark Meadows. That's good. I'm doing my job. Uh, are you uh, are you confident that's likely something we might discover? Well, I think we're, we're going to find a lot of players that were involved in this, Sean. And I think the uh, Jim's absolutely right. The Democrats, Nancy Pelosi, Adam Schiff, they've made up their mind. Their, their one goal is to disenfranchise the voters from coast to coast who elected this president in November of 2016. But, but more problematic than that is they have campaigned on, on really a, a false narrative. We know that Hillary Clinton, we know that senators and House members, uh, we know the DNC have reached out to, to foreign entities to help them during their election campaign. And what did they expect? That they would get elected or reelected. And yet they're going to try to use the same narrative to impeach a president. They're creating an obstruction trap to try to, to hold this president on impeachable offenses. And we've got to call them out on it. Well, here's the thing. This was an ongoing investigation. We're not digging dirt on Joe Biden. Nobody cares. Joe Biden has one foot in the grave, kind of like Bernie Sanders. He was just in the hospital. (laughs) He was just in the hospital. He raised so much money for the DNC. The DNC is desperate. They're like, let's kill him off and take it. You, 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 (laughs) I'm laughing not because it's funny, but because it's so predictable. These they have people with one foot in the grave running. Why are you doing this? He's like the crypt keeper. Anacom. Like he has no business running anyway. Look, the bottom line is we have the Democrats pulling for power everywhere. But I'm going to tell you this. The information I'm going to drop may come later. Like I told you this coup, like I told you it was coming. This information, Letitia James will be the nail on the coffin. Fredo's town. De Blasio, they've all crucified the Democrats because we found the loophole. We found your little back door. We found it all. And here's the thing. The Ukraine is just handing it over. See, that is the problem when you're corrupt and you've got people have got your back for so many years. You think that still ruling with your fist and ruling with fear and extortion that people are going to do what you say. People are now looking at themselves thinking, gosh, what was I thinking working with them? Gosh, what was I thinking working with them? Look at them when they talk with the chairman of everything. Right after this break, we're going to play a clip where an actual U.S. official is telling someone who's sitting there with the little gavel, you work for me. You work for me. I I pay your salary. You're going to listen to me. If every single American on this planet right now that has a right to vote said that, Mm -hmm. The world would be a very different place because I think people have forgotten that we're the ones with the power, not them. I'll see you all right after this break.
real news. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tori Sess Show. I'm your host, Tori. So this is the second hour, and I'm going to be giving you a few hints into what I've discovered as we analyze a few things that are being discussed. Um, but first, I want to remind all of you how powerful we are how important we are as American citizens and what amazing right we have that no other nation on this planet has. And that's a voice. We are shareholders in this country. We dictate everything. And for some reason, we have allowed, due to distractions in the early 1900s, forfeited those rights. The Democrats tried to roll out a takeover in the mid-1800s. They did. They lost. The Civil War happened, period. And here we go again. They are aching for a civil war. And the thing is, kind of like President Trump tweeted out, impeach this. You can't impeach and disenfranchise the whole nation. Because out of 100 people, 100 random people, 40 of them are proud President Trump supporters. Another 40 are closet Trump supporters. And the other 20 are mentally hindered. Okay? And in the fact that I'm not saying that they're clinically mentally hindered or have some cognitive disability, but they have a disability in regards to their perception of their own reality, and they rely on others to do so. They were the successful subjects of this 100-year experiment on conditioning. And it is exactly the same one that Hitler rolled out in just a couple of years, from education to propaganda to ruling by fear, and using the masses to silence and to make something right. I mean, it's not like every single German one day woke up and said, yep, all the Jews are evil, let's do it. No, it was a 100 people sitting in a room with two people saying they were evil, and the two people were like, well, maybe we're wrong, and they're all right. That's how it works. And if you say it, how many times, I've been saying this forever, say something over and over again, you're going to believe it. And I kind of feel like everyone's, Finally picking that up because I'm hearing it on the mainstream too. And this is what they're doing. This is exactly what they're doing. We, they've pulled their own pants down now because they walked right into this Ukraine thing. And in a way, the person that they put up for whistleblower, I feel sorry for them, but I think maybe they were ushered with one of our guys. You know, yeah, maybe you should tell someone. I don't know. I would, I don't know. I mean, if you feel confident and they were just one of those cognitively hindered personality people and they just went with them, they're like, oh, let me introduce you to Daniel Jones. He'll help word it for you. Because bottom line is, is it who authored it or who coached? Um, or, or the person that's a stand-in. Because the whistleblower themselves is a stand-in. It's not like he came up with all that, you know, rhetoric that's so identical to, to another report. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. Now, to kick off this hour, I wanted to play a short clip of how, you know, Tom Homan goes off on a liberal that is hammering away, trying to get him to say what she wants him to say. He's the ex-ICE director. Remember, because our border is being attacked right now. Our ICE is being attacked right now. Apparently, illegal immigrants are more important than Americans right now. Take a listen. The church, Mr. Holman. You, you work for me. me. I'm a taxpayer. 
I'm a taxpayer. You work for me. Boom. Why can't all of us say this? Listen to how the conversation goes. Yeah, I'd like to respond to Acting Chairman Jay Paul and your comment about the Trump administration moving money around for more detention beds. I'd like to remind you under the Obama administration, we did that most of the years he was president. We moved money around DHS. It's called reprogramming. We did that under the Obama administration. I didn't, I don't remember any hearings on that. And also I'd like to remind you that, that under the Obama administration, I mean, you're quick to point out that the cages, were built under Obama administration. I was there. Family detention. We had 100 family beds under Obama administration. We built 3,000 more. So when there was a surge in FY14 and FY15 on border, Congress was quick to give all the money we needed to build detention facilities, get transportation contracts. We reprogrammed money out of the majority of years she was president. That was fine. Under Obama administration, FY12, we removed 409,000 people, half of what was removed last year. There was no hearings on that. I didn't like it under the Obama administration, and I'll remind you, Mr. Homan, that you also testified before Congress in support of the Obama's priorities enforcement program before the Senate Judiciary Committee on May 19, 2016. Yeah, he did, because he's not a partisan hack. That's why he understands chain of command, and that was the president. He had to do what the president said, and he found validation in the little things that made it count. But here's Jay Paul getting the floor mopped with her face. Listen. Which had a very different approach. Look, you want to know why there's 50,000 people in detention? You want to know why we have a million, million, one million illegal entries in the United States? You want to know why have these issues? Because you have failed to secure the border. You have failed to work with this president to close the three loopholes we've asked for two years to close. So if you want to know why this issue expired. exists, you need to look in the mirror. You, need, the you have failed American expired. people who are not Holman. securing the border and closing loopholes. Mr. Holman, look, please respect the Chair Respect the my authority. authority. The, chair, the you have, time of the gentleman has expired. I have asked you politely to let me go beyond my, my time, and you let other people go beyond their gentle- time, but not, not to Tom Holman. He don't get me go have, beyond his time. Mr. Holman, of please course. respect the chair's authority. The no chair's authority. respect the chair's authority, the gen- but the chair's... Mr. Holman! The, the, you work for me. me. I'm a taxpayer. Hammer, hammer, hammer. I'm a taxpayer. You work for me. That's it. Hammer, hammer, hammer. It's all about power. Nothing to do with Trump, nothing to do with him himself. It's what he represents. And that's the power of the people. Because when people turn up and say, yo, you work for me. Your salary comes out of my pocket, my sweat. You work for me. You're going to listen to me. This is exactly what President Trump represents. And it is exactly what they fear. You should have seen her face. She was living. How dare you, pond scum, talk to me. Respect my authority. I could just picture Cartman. Someone needs to do a gif with Cartman there and the hammer going, respect my authority. That is exactly what she was doing. That is exactly what she was doing. This is a power trip. All they want is power. This deep state wants power. And for all of us who have worked with these people, who know how they operate, Owen, how many Owens crossed the border in the Ukraine, Owens, you know, this is where we need to be focusing our energy, guys. All of you that are retired military, retired intelligence, retired law enforcement, Every single one of us should be out there. Those of us that have seen and not said. Those of us that have tried to whistle blow and got smacked with tape. Those are the people. But you know what? We know what they're capable of. This is why you don't see people step up. We know what they're capable of. And unfortunately, due to human nature, there's something called self-preservation. And the only time that self-preservation doesn't kick in 
is when someone is content with what they've accomplished in their life. So President Trump becoming president is like, you know what? If I died 20 years ago, I still had an amazing life. No one would able be able to say anything. I'll tell you what. By the age of 35, that's exactly how I felt. I felt by the age of 35, I have lived so many lives. I, my feet have stepped on almost every portion of this planet. I have met millions upon millions of people and crossed paths with people on different areas of this. I, I've had a great life. Yeah, ups, downs. So when you're at a point where you're okay, what are they going to do? Kill me? That's exactly the attitude the president. What are they going to do? Kill me? This is why he was ideal for this. Because he's like, I'm a sacrifice. Because this nation gave me so much, I should at least do something. And that is how every American should feel that has been afforded the opportunity. Don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting in some mansion. I'm not sipping on my ties. I work. And, and I don't get paid for most of the effort that I put. Actually, I wanted to say, I had someone totally out of the blue send me like, um, through cash app something. Never ever has that happened to me. Like I cried because I was like, oh my gosh, you know, because I use that to like pay sources. Like, uh, you know, when we have sources somewhere else, you'll send them some money through cash app. Hey, what's your cash app tag? Let me send it to you. And I usually have it around visibly so people know where it's coming from when I pay sources. And it's like, oh my gosh. And I'm not talking about like my deep state sources. We're talking about like shooting city stuff, you know, stuff like that. So, um, I just wanted to say, you know, all of us there get exhausted. You know, you see so many journalists putting so much effort and, Yet then you have people like Jake Tapper, or in my state, we have this porky guy named Rob Port. They get paid 70, 100,000 a year, and they're directed onto how they're going to be saying things. They have to follow this narrative. Here's your template. Now you can spin off of that. Hard work usually never gets repaid. And the repayment is the satisfaction of knowing that you contributed because sometimes when we contribute to things, we don't see them, um, come to fruition. We don't, we don't always see it. We plant the seed doesn't mean we're going to be alive to see the plant bloom flowers and fruit. And this is exactly how all of us should take everything we do in life. And I'm so proud of, you know, meeting so many people, people that I, that I interact with, uh, through this radio show, through my writings, um, who have come to that, you know, um, place in their life where they're like, you're right. I should take responsibility for my country too. Cause I'm a shareholder and my voice counts. And the more we see it like that, the more our president is unstoppable to continue what he started. So he can see it to some point of fruition. Okay. To some point of fruition. Cause right now, aside from the fact that they want to get, get ahead of it. Oh yeah. They're going to fix the elections. They want to get ahead of it. Oh yeah. We're going to impeach and we'll, and, and I'll play a clip from Pelosi and Schiff, uh, talking about this, uh, in a little bit. They want to disenfranchise you and I to make us feel like we have nowhere to hold on. President Trump is a bad guy. No, he's not. He is the man. He's that leader that stands at the top of the hill and hands his hand down and says, come on up with me. Let's rule together. I walk with you. You know, I think, okay, I'm going to be like totally, um, oh yeah, I did this. 2015, he announces that he's running. 
just a little bit later, the I'm with her thing started. And I said, she's with, you're with her? Well, he's with us. And that kind of took off, and I'm really glad it did, because that is exactly what represents this present. He's with us. He's with you and I. He's with every struggling family, you know, that thinks, oh, you know, I have to do this. I have to do that. Oh, bill, braces, uh, you know, rent, mortgage payment, loan, credit card debt, student loans. Do I have a job? Do I not have a job? He's with us because he wants to create the infrastructure or at least put the foundations within the first eight years to do so. Let me tell you something. If they file for impeachment, um, I read this actually, and I was like, what? If they file for impeachment and Senate refuses, he gets another two terms. So maybe they walk right into that one. Who knows? I want you to just listen to what Meadows and Nunes have to say here, um, you know, on Hannity, because they drop a few little pearls of wisdom that are kind of Easter egg-ish. Take a listen. Evan Nunes, uh, look at the parallels here. Uh, Hillary Clinton's dossier, uh, Russian dossier with lies that impacted the 2016 election, they didn't care about that. They didn't care about Ukrainian interference and a DNC uh, uh, contractor working to, with the Ukrainians to impact our election. Politico acknowledging in January 2017 that they were successful. What, where, where, is, where are all those people? That, that well, said we can't have this there's going a, on There's a couple things. There's a couple things that I think your audience also needs to know about, and that is that this is not a real impeachment. Okay, this is like a faux impeachment. What, what they're doing is by keeping this at the House Intelligence Committee, we're not built. The House Intelligence Committee is not a place to run impeachment hearings. So what they're trying to do is they're hiding this from the American people. They don't want the normal process. And as Mark just pointed out, it's important for people to, to go back and look at what the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee did. He fabricated the president's own words. And as, as Mark, this, this needs a closer examination. The Democrats tried to get dirt from the Ukrainians, the DNC, the Clinton campaign. Guys, we know that they got stuff from the Ukrainians because Nellie Orr testified. She was in the Ukraine and everything they had on Manafort was manufactured in the Ukraine. She said it. We already know it. Why aren't we remembering these things? These things were reported like over a year and a half ago. This is what they do. Remember. They rely on the fact that you don't remember. Hillary Clinton herself said that people don't remember. This is what you need to remember. Remember the facts. Remember the process. Remember who is really in charge. Who was in charge? Barack Hussein Obama. And that guy is going to get impeached. If they really wanted impeachment proceedings, it would have been done properly, just like he said. Not dilly-dallying and waving it around so they can cause uncertainty on a global scale. They're trying to stop what he is doing with Iran, too. Origins of the Russian investigation begin in Ukraine. Will we, Jim Jordan, will justice be served? You believe that yes. what we know and the facts that we've explained to this audience here, that this will result in those people involved in all of this being held accountable? 
Sean, the, the Democrats are scared. Well, that, why do you think Nancy Pelosi attacked Bill Barr last week? Why do you think the Democrats are trying to move fast? Why do you think she said, we want to strike while the iron's hot? They're nervous about the investigation Bill Barr and John Durham are doing and what that's going to uncover. They're nervous about the truth. That's why they're moving so fast. They tried the slow approach. They tried the two-year Mueller approach. That didn't work because we had time to get all the facts and prove them wrong. So now they're saying, we're going to strike while the iron's hot. We're going to do it in the Intelligence Committee. We're going to put the most biased chairman in the Congress in charge of it, Adam Schiff, who is no different than Peter Strzok. That's why they're doing all this, is to undermine Bill Barr and to go after the president that we all elected. Adam Schiff is a liar. I'll put him on this program for a full hour. I'll give him three hours of my radio show, 630 of the best radio stations in the country, Mark Meadows. Will we get to the truth and look at another boomerang back? Now are we going to, have they done us a favor? Because now we can see Ukrainian Clinton DNC collusion. Well, we're going to be able to see that, but I don't think they've done us a favor. They've done us a disservice. You know, when you look at what Adam Schiff has done, what uh, what they continue to do each and every day is put this president and this administration, but more importantly, the American people, they're putting them through really an impeachment mockery, not an impeachment trial. trial. And when we start to look at the, the facts, Devin and Jim are exactly right. When you go back and look at the facts, yes, it is going to boomerang on them, but they're doing all of this right now because there is a pile of evidence that is about to be unleashed uh, on them from the IG and John Durham, which will debunk all the, the Adam Schiff uh, testimony of the last two and a half years. But we've got to make sure that we stay on it and hold those people accountable. The American people expect it. In fact, they demand it. I, I will, let me, if I may, uh, revise and extend my remarks, Congressman, my, my fellow colleague, uh, <laughs> to use your words in the Congress. What I meant by that is they did us a favor because now the American people can see who really did the things they're accusing the president of. Devin, where's this all going to end? Well, just remember, the House Intelligence Committee, the reason they're doing this is because it's all behind closed doors. It's all secret. So we know from the Russia hoax, this is like Russia hoax 2.0. Oh, my God. Didn't I say that? You're going to continue to see drip, drip, drip. There'll be new stories, new bombshells, anonymous sources. The good thing is, is that the Republican. Not so anonymous after my report today. Party conservatives were used to this. Uh, now it's just a matter of making sure that those in the middle in America understand what a hoax this really is. I want everybody. Hoaxes. They've been around for forever, 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 forever. And the thing is, people don't seem to remember. And this is why we have to. So what we need to listen to is Pelosi and Adam Schiff talking. I'm going to skip over. I'm going to go over to the part where Nancy sounds really drunk and doesn't know what she's saying. Here we go. There we go. Can't be there yet, but we are on a path to yes. And as you probably know, on Friday, our, our House task, our task force under leadership of Richie Neal and Ways and Means uh, uh, put forth a counteroffer to what the administration has proposed. When we can arrive at a place where not only do we have our uh, issues addressed, but that we have enforceability that will make it real for America's families and farmers, uh, then we can go down that path. I hope again that the president's saying because of other actions uh, in terms of upholding the Constitution of the United States that he is not, he can't, he can't work with us uh, because I do think he wants this U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade agreement and we want it when it is right in terms of enforceability. 
So they're altering it, and he's like, I don't like it. But they're like, well, he's going to have to work with us. And that we can work together. At the same time, we're hoping that we can return, renew our conversations about infrastructure, building the infrastructure of America. As I've said, our agenda last year when we ran was for the people. Lower the cost of health care by lowering the cost of prescription drugs. That's what we're doing. Build the infrastructure of America in a green way so that we can increase human rights uh, throughout China. Here we go. It's the same fight we've been having for years. For what does it profit a man or a country if he gains the whole world and suffers the loss of his soul? But we seem to be able to ignore uh, these. Yeah, they don't have souls. So, um, you know, she's dogging China for being transparent on being communist. And yet she's a communist and not being transparent. Go figure. Camel is making fun of the other camel's hump, huh? The shout-out from our soul on respecting the dignity and worth of every person. So I know many of you are here. Some of you are regulars. Many of you are not. And I said to Mr. Schiff, maybe you should come to all of our meetings. We might get some coverage for what we're trying to do for the American people. Uh, But we are very proud. Yeah, she needs to bring Schiff because she wants him thrown under the bus um, as the leader of this fake impeachment. ...of the work of our chairman of the Intelligence Committee. Uh, our, we take this to be a very sad time for the American people, for our country. Impeaching a president or having the investigation to impeach a president is not uh, anything to be... Impeaching a president or having the investigation to impeach a president... You didn't invoke that yet, so why are you saying it? Joyful about? I don't know that anybody's joyful, but it is a sad time. And as you've heard me say over and over again, the dark days of the revolution, Thomas Paine said, the times have found us. We think the times have found us now. Not that we place ourselves in a category of greatness of our founders, but we do place ourselves in a time of urgency on the threat to the Constitution, a system of checks and balances uh, that is uh, being made. Uh, It is, um, they fought for our independence. They declared independence. They fought and won. They established a democracy. Thank God they made the Constitution amendable so we could always ever be expanding freedom. So we can delete things like uh, Second Amendment, actions of this president being an assault on the Constitution. He's the only one that is supporting the Constitution. They're the ones that want to remove the Second Amendment. They're the ones that are modifying the First Amendment. They're the ones that are modifying the Fourth Amendment, the Fifth Amendment. And, oh, yeah, we're, like, supporting it. No, you're not. Hitler is applauding you. You've continued his plan. Uh, Once we had his even admission to that, we had no choice uh, but to go forward. It's hard. We want to weigh the equities. We want to be fair as we go forward. And uh, uh, we couldn't be better served uh, than by the leadership of our chairman of the Intelligence Committee, Adam Schiff. And it's my honor to present him to you now. Let me tell you something about Adam Schiff, because we're going to go for a break before we listen to him. When he goes to his, uh, his office, first of all, he's extremely feminine, number one. Number two, when he gets to his office and he goes around to his chair, he does not trust anyone around him. He's extremely short. And when he sips his coffee, if it is from a lid, I'm just going to tell you this, he pups his lips like like that. Um, (laughs) I made the sound so you know, you know how you purse your lips really, really tight. And then you, yeah. 
He is the most limp-wristed, corrupt, evil person that you can meet. One of them. I mean, Hillary Clinton takes the cake. Obama does. So does his husband slash wife, Michael Michelle. Um, he, she. <laughs> when you hear him after this break, I want you to think this guy is has been trained by the CIA. He made his debut by retrying a case against someone to prove that they were Russian double agents or something. They were a double agent for Russia and the U.S., And that's how he got his position. I want you to remember that. Okay. I want you to remember that this wasn't like a double. It was kind of like a double jeopardy, but they let it go. And this is how he made his mark by throwing the only person that had dirt on the government at that time by declaring that he was a double agent for Russia when his job was to be spying on Russia for the U.S. Um, so on that note, we're going to break. I want you to remember that when you listen to Adam Schiff talk. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tory. So this is the last half hour, and we're going to listen to Adam Schiff. And um, I just wanted to say, you know how uh, I've been giving uh, Owen, uh, John Brennan, as most people know him, a lot of flack. But what people don't seem to um, understand is, is that uh, what they tell you isn't the right thing. There is a man called uh, Warren Wilhelm Jr. And he's involved in this backdoor hole because he's appointed as a person appointed to servers. William is responsible for or has been nominated as an accessee. Uh, Wilhelm, no, Wilhelm. His name is Warren Wilhelm. That'll be very important later. Again, these names and these passports and gosh, it's all coming to the surface now. And I just want to tell you, I, uh, paused the Pelosi shift news conference to where Pelosi was walking off. She is terrified. Her lips are pursed. Her shoulders are down. And she is not in a good place. None of them are. This is do or die for them. And this is important. I mean, the Democratic Party is the cancer to freedom. Kamala Harris just called out how the president's account should be suspended because he is harassing the whistleblower. The whistleblower is nothing but a tool that wishes he never was coerced into putting his face and body in the line of fire. This whistleblower might even be suicided because he's going to have to speak. So, yes, we need to put him, as Grassley said, under ultimate protection. He needs to be protected because without him, we will not have the truth. So it's very important he's under protection because we will not have the truth. Now, if Adam Schiff knows who the... um whistleblower is, and so does Pelosi and all these. You better believe that we do, too. Take a listen to Schiff. Thank you, Madam Speaker, and uh, thank you for leading 
the entire House of Representatives through this uh, very uh, fraught time uh, in the history of the Congress, indeed the history of the country. Uh, I also want to express my own uh, condolence once again to the family of Jamal Khashoggi, um, who bravely sought to advocate for free expression in Saudi Arabia, and it cost him his life. Uh, we are deeply in his debt, and we are determined to bring about justice for those who are responsible for that heinous murder. Uh, it's also an appropriate time to recognize the danger facing journalists uh, all over the world. Um, in terms of the uh, issues that we've been focused on this week, I want to give you a brief update um, of what uh, has transpired uh, really just within the last week. Uh, last Thursday, the Intelligence Committee held uh, an open hearing with the Acting Director of National Intelligence. Uh, the following day, uh, Chairman Engel issued a subpoena to the State Department in close consultation uh, with myself and uh, Chairman Cummings. We are deeply concerned about uh, Secretary Pompeo's effort now to uh, potentially interfere with witnesses who, whose testimony is needed before our committee many of whom are mentioned in the whistleblower complaint. Ah, wait a minute. What did, what, did, what did I tell you guys? So many of which are mentioned in the whistleblower complaint. Just go back to the whistleblower complaint article that I did. Just go back and see a few things. The reason Pompeo intervened was because this is how you extort them. This is how you tell them, I got you. You do this. Are you sure about this? I'm going to ruin you. I'm going to unmask you. Everything you've done will be on a public platform. You will be dragged through the mud and your names will be everywhere. This is what they're doing. Again, ruling by fear, trying to intimidate. They're desperate. So today I'm really interested to see what the ID of the Secretary of State has to say. He oversees the whole State Department, which includes USAID. And I'm going to mention this again with USAID. I remind you that in over 10 years, USAID, the division of the State Department of USAID, has been unable to reconcile their financials with Treasury. Again, they have been unable to reconcile their financials with Treasury for 10, over 10 consecutive years. So the question would be, what is the IG of the State Department doing? Why is he rushing to meet with them quickly? It's very interesting. This is about to, this shows you just how desperate they are. They walked right into it and realized that they had no idea that we're that good at setting traps. For all of you out there thinking, oh my gosh, this is dragging out. This is fun. Because this is a story you'll tell your grandkids. If God blesses us with years to come and actually have grandkids, you say, you know what? I was, I was part of that. I, I was tweeting about it. I was talking about it and I saw it and it was the most corrupt thing you'll ever see. Don't read the Comey books. Don't read the Clinton books, which by the way, they're advertising another one on the view. And even though people that seem to have some clout are telling you, She's not running. This is exactly the same thing that Biden did. She is canvassing the territory. She is collecting money. I'm telling you, it's her turn and they're going to slot her right in because they're going to say this is opposition. This is the tool that they're going to use.
They have no one. Warren couldn't win Massachusetts. She sure is not going to win the United States of America presidency if she barely won her seat in her own stomping grounds. Okay, let's be honest. And we have now absolutely zero candidates that can even come close to challenging President Trump. The only one that could have been a bit of a push is Yang. And the Democrats didn't get behind them, and they ridiculed him, and that is done, finished, the horse is over. He still would have lost, but they would have had a good run but they're not going to get it now because unfortunately Yang is not as extreme as they are and he's not willing to go on board as they are. And his connections with China are going to be a little bit iffy to cover knowing that everybody hates China now because of Hong Kong. So even the lefties are going to be like, "Mm, I don't know, man. His first advertisements were on Chinese TV. So, mm, so let's take a listen to how Schiff is going to put this out to you. Remember he's CIA. Remember, The way he made his mark was by retrying an actual covert asset of the United States claiming that they were a double agent for Russia. Um, And we want to make it abundantly clear that any effort by the secretary, by the president or anyone else to interfere with the Congress's ability to call before it relevant witnesses will be considered as evidence of obstruction of the lawful functions of Congress. Uh, and more than that, will allow a, an adverse inference to be drawn as to the underlying facts, uh, that if they are going to prevent witnesses from coming forward to testify on the allegations in the whistleblower complaint, um, that will create an adverse uh, inference that uh, those allegations are, in fact, correct. Oh, yeah. So because you won't be able to find what you want, it's just going to infer this. Let me tell you something. Even though... It is not expressly granted by our Constitution that um, that there are broad powers of investigation that have been exercised by Congress. And some of them going back, you know, far back is when we established the federal government. The actual first investigation by congressional committee uh, was empowered to call for such persons, papers and records as may be necessary to assist their inquiries. That was actually ordered by the House of Representatives. Listen to this in 1792. That's during the early years of more uh, fruitful and uh, important investigations that were conducted by these committees. OK, remember, we had just done our UK exit, right? And those investigations were actually conducted by committees of the lower house, too. So in recent years, though, the Senate has more and more assumed the functions of this grand inquest in nation. Now, we have to remember, there is an absence of any express constitutional authority to the power of either House or Senate to order investigation into any matter of public interest or concern and to compel the submission of evidence before its committees of inquiry. And, you know, even though there's no constitutional bank backing for it, it's never been questioned by the courts. Like if the Constitution doesn't say that you have the right to start these investigations, then how do you have these rights to start these investigations or subpoenaing people? Think about it, guys. There is no actual law. But no court has actually questioned it. Um, the question that um, one should be asking is, 
can the Supreme Court of the United States restrict future, you know, going forward with these cases that are coming up, uh, unlimited powers of investigation that we have seen the legislative branch exercise because they haven't had that power. It's not, I'm just saying, like, for any investigation to actually have effectiveness, it must have some authority, right, um, to punish you know, people, unwilling and untruthful witnesses for contempt. But again, this authority is not even stated or conferred as something that Congress can do according to the Constitution. Are you paying attention? I just wanted to point out that never, ever, 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 ever has anything in our Constitution given the authority explicitly to the House or the Senate to conduct criminal investigations to force people to come in and submit documents and testify. Okay. It's really important that we understand this. In fact, the Supreme court has indeed held that the power to punish, you know, bad witnesses is implied in the provisions of the constitution, which entrusts specific judicial functions of the house and the Senate. And therefore, they could employ it uh, in proceedings when they discharge such, you know, functions of, you know, investigating or questioning. So I just wanted to point out that investigations by the House and Senate are not constitutionally protected. It's really, really important that we know this because I don't think, you know, people understand that. Um, in 1940, there was uh, an exercise of congressional powers of inquiry, okay? Warrants were set out for the arrest of George Hurley and Howie um, for a committee of investigators, but they were issued, and those warrants were issued by a federal district judge, you know, to subpoena them. Basically, those warrants were to, like, arrest them to answer questions because they, they were communists. They didn't want to answer questions that the committee was asking them, so they put them in content contempt of the house for not coming. And so then they were indicted by a federal grand jury as being non-cooperative or bad witnesses. And then went, you know, we're waiting to go to trial. Now this is important for us to remember that they're pulling authority where it's implied, but not actually justified. I want to point that out because it's important that we do. It is important that we understand just how they're using their authorita and their gavel um, on Monday, uh, I issued a subpoena to Rudy Giuliani, again in consultation with Chairman Cummings and Engel. Uh, we expect uh, Mr. Giuliani to comply uh, with the legal process we are using. Uh, he is obviously a key figure in all of this by his own admission, as well as by the allegations in the whistleblower complaint. Uh, today, and just within the last hour, uh, half hour, Chairman Cummings um, Noticed uh, a subpoena that will go out later uh, in the, this week or next week uh, after the notice period has expired um, that that committee intends to subpoena documents that the White House has been withholding uh, from Congress. Uh, we are obviously coordinating very closely with Chairman Cummings on that. On Thursday, Ambassador Volker is scheduled to appear before our committee 
Uh, and on Friday, Inspector General, the Inspector General of the IC, Mr. Atkinson, will appear before the committee and testify as well. Uh, the last time that the Inspector General testified, we did not have the complaint. We now do. Uh, and we certainly intend to ask the director. Wait a minute. Stop. The last time we asked him to testify, we didn't have the complaint, but Schiff had the complaint when he testified last time. Did he just lie on camera? Right? Remember, because he had it and didn't drop it, sat on it for like a month or so. I'm just saying. Right, guys? You paying attention to this? He just lied. About the efforts that were made to uh, corroborate uh, that complaint, which we now know the Inspector General found both credible and urgent. Uh, next week, we uh, have also scheduled a deposition or interview with the former U.S. Ambassador Yovanovitch to Ukraine. Uh, and we are in discussion with other State Department witnesses to secure their depositions. Okay, so what they're doing now is they've got Volker coming to testify, who was in Munich with Biden and the Ukrainians and Yovanovitch discussing assurances, right, in February of 2019. And not only that, during that conference where Biden was in February of 2019, he talked smack about the president the whole time. And it was at that time that Marie Ivanovich was telling everyone, don't worry about the subpoenas you're getting. Just ignore them. We're impeaching him. So why are they taking testimony and depositions? Because they want to know what we have. This is how you work. I want to know what you have. So that way I can remedy and answer that or find a good excuse or find an excuse to bury it. That's how it goes. So we've been very busy, as you can tell, this week. We're going to be very busy again next week. Uh, we are proceeding deliberately, uh, but at the same time, uh, we feel a real sense of urgency here uh, that this work needs to get done and it needs to get done in a responsible way. Quickly, period. before the FISA D class. Quick, 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 quick. Just one moment, please. I'll decide who ask the question. Uh, do we have any questions? Did you hear that? Well, just a moment, please. I'll decide who asks the questions. Questions first on the work that, to meet the needs of the American people in terms of USMCA and uh, the uh, the um, HR3 on that subject. How do you envision working with this president on these key democratic agenda items, lowering prescription drug costs, you know, ensuring tougher gun safety measures, as you're actively considering whether to... Wow. Okay. She wanted questions on the HR3. She wanted questions on the USMCA. And this is how much credibility they're giving to them as legislators. They don't even ask. They just say, so how do you think about working with Trump on these things? That's incredible. But they have nothing to do with each other. Uh, we have a responsibility to uphold the con uh, our oath of office, to support and defend the Constitution of the United States. Uh, we also have a responsibility to get the job done for the American people. The president has said he wants uh, this Mexico, U.S., U.S. Mexico, uh, Canada trade agreement to go forward, and we are awaiting the, uh, uh, the language on enforceability. Uh, so uh, does it mean that he doesn't, he can't do that? Uh, that's, that's really up to him. Uh, and I do expect that he does want that and that he does need that. And that he's not going to blame it on us because we are honoring our oath of office. Okay, again, she didn't answer the question. Let's, we're skipping over to shift questions now. Or vote. That's not anything that is excluded. And by the way, there's some Republicans that are very nervous about our bringing that bill, that vote to the floor. 
to say that uh, we are concerned that the White House will attempt to stonewall our investigation, much as they have stonewalled uh, other committees in the past. Um, it's why I say the White House needs to understand that any action like that, uh, that forces uh, us to litigate or have to consider litigation, uh, will be considered further evidence of obstruction of justice. Uh, and, of course, that was an article of impeachment against uh, Nixon. The obstru- See, what did I say about them reusing the same things over and over again? Uh, oh, yeah, see, we use this against Nixon, so it's totally going to use it. We're going to totally use it here. Obstruction of justice. They are the ones obstructing justice. They're the ones saying that we have no right to ask foreign nations under treaties that have been signed over two decades ago to comply with an ongoing criminal investigation because it makes them uncomfortable. Schiff, your fingerprints are all over it. Arrest Schiff for treason. Let's get that trending. President's right. He should be arrested right away. Destruction of the lawful functions of Congress, that is. Uh, we will also draw the inference, though, um, as appropriate, that they are trying to conceal facts that would corroborate the allegations in the whistleblower complaint. So we'll have to decide uh, whether to litigate uh, or how to litigate. Um, we're not fooling around here, though. Uh, we don't uh, want this to drag on months and months and months, which appears to be the administration's strategy. Uh, so they just need to know that even as they try to undermine our ability to find the facts around the president's effort to coerce a foreign leader, leader to create uh, dirt that he can use against the political opponent, um, that they will be strengthening the case on obstruction if they uh, behave that way. Thank you very much. I would like to ask Madam Speaker and also uh, Chairman this as well. The President wants to interview the whistleblower. He says that he has the right to meet his accuser. Your response, both of you, please. The whistleblower has the right on the statute to remain anonymous, uh, and we uh, will do everything in our power to make sure that that whistleblower is protected, that That's a lie because he's not anonymous because you know who he is. And if he was remaining anonymous, his name wouldn't be on there. And Daniel Jones wouldn't have authored his complaint. That whistleblower's um, uh, preferences in terms of their anonymity are respected. Uh, And let's let's not make any mistake here. The president wants to make this all about the whistleblower and suggest people that come forward with evidence of his wrongdoing are somehow treasonous uh, and should be treated as traitors and spies. Um, This is a blatant effort to intimidate witnesses. Uh, It's an incitement to violence. But what they're doing to the people at the State Department isn't. Um, And I would hope, and we're starting to see members of both parties speaking out against attacking this whistleblower, others that have pertinent information. Um, So the other thing I want to underscore, though, is... Um, what the whistleblower has set out that is within our power to this date to confirm, we see confirmed in that call record. The president can attack the whistleblower rhetorically. All the president wants. Listen, remember how McCabe's attorney sent a letter asking about a grand jury if there is one? This is how they're asking. Is there a grand jury indictment against people that had to do with this Ukrainian hoax? We want to know. Because this is how they forced the president to release his cards. This is how they forced the president to let them know what sealed indictments are in the works. This is the plan. 
they don't give two diddly squats about any guy that was used as a tool to stand as a whistleblower. They don't care. What they want is we want to know what indictments, where they're sealed. There's like 50,000 tons of sealed indictments across the nation. Where's Durham filing and why is he traveling around the world and nobody's talking to us and countries are jumping ship? We need to know. So this is the way we force your hand. And this is how we're ramping it up. This is why we see Barr in Europe now. This is why we see Pompeo in Europe now. And this is why great patriots are collecting and working around the clock to to release the FISA report. The IG's FISA report is so under lock and seal that they are losing their mind. They have no idea how many indictments are out there. This is the only way you can force the president to reveal his cards. I want to know what you have on us. We need to know what you have on us. You can't do this in secret. Well, guess what? Yes, we can. And I'd like to see you try to do impeachment because the answer to it will be like, here you go. There was no meddling. We weren't asking him to dig up. It started back in 2018 under sleepy sessions by his chief of staff, Matt Whitaker. We've got you by all the cojones and Schiff. You knew about it, and your intention has nothing to do with democracy, nothing to do with our republic, nothing to do about freedom, nothing to do about the Constitution, nothing to do about collusion on the president's side, but it's to cover your tracks, Hillary's tracks, and, of course, protect the all-powerful Barack Hussein Obama and your plans. Well, it's not going to work. It is not going to work. And you can activate as many Australians to reach out to us so you can throw dust in our eyes. We ain't stupid. That's the thing. Because we're just like you. The good guys are just like them. Same training, only different morals. I want everyone to understand that what they are doing is trying to figure out what's going on. And this is why they have that backdoor access to unlimited Trump information that they're going to take and pick apart to stick a narrative together. But it's not going to work, man. We're working overtime and... And this is about to be super fun. Everybody get your trick-or-treat bags ready because we're in for super treats this October. It's going to be a banging Halloween, I'll tell you that. Kind of ironic. On the most evil holiday, evil goes down. I'll see you all tomorrow, same time, same place. And stay tuned because I will be dropping that article as soon as my little fingers can type it. On that note, God bless. Stay safe.